Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Happy George Washington's birthday to everybody, including you, Josh. Because it's not President's Day. It's George Washington's birthday. That's what it officially is. Okay, It's unofficially President's Day. It is George Washington Day. That's what it is. Let's just... <laughs> Let's call it what it is. Stop changing things around. All right. Um, bit of breaking news here. Things are developing in the Ukraine. So I, I will get into why I think this happened here in just a second, because some stuff happened over the weekend, uh, which emboldened Putin to do what he's doing right now. Uh, so the Kremlin has issued a statement. Putin just gave a press conference, and he has officially recognized the independence of two provinces that have basically been taken over uh, over the past several years anyway by Russian separatists. He has officially recognized their independence from Ukraine. Uh, so, again, Crimea was one of those that you already know the situation in Crimea. Uh, now you've got these two other areas, and they we, we now have the Donetsk People's Republic and Luhansk People's Republic uh, in eastern Ukraine. They are on the border with Russia. They are north of Crimea. There has been separatists there for a long time who wanted to rejoin Russia. Um, this is a part of the equation that always kind of got left out of the discussion when we're talking about Crimea. So imagine, if you will, the state of Michigan, if almost nobody in the state of Michigan wanted to be a part of the United States, they wanted to be a part of Canada. And there was a dispute over that. And pretty much everybody there didn't want to be on the U.S. side of the border. They want to be on the Canadian side of the border. That's kind of what was happening in Crimea and in some of these other areas here. Uh, again, just I'm oversimplifying it just for simple, simple simplicity's sake, I guess. So he has officially recognized their independence. Uh, today, the leadership of the DPR and LPR received appeals to recognize their sovereignty in connection with the military aggression of the Ukrainian authorities, massive shelling of the territory of Donbass, as a result of which the civilian population suffers, that's what the statement from the Kremlin said, uh, repeating claims of military aggression and that Ukraine is repeatedly denied and disputed. Uh, it is also important to note that there's verifiable proof in both of these areas that they're the ones doing the attacking, okay? But every time the Ukrainians respond, this is where things look a little bit like Palestine. Palestinians start the attack, the Israelis respond, and then collectively the anti-Israel, anti-Semitic global population says Israel's the problem. Okay, That's kind of what's going on here. The separatists start the attack, the Ukrainians respond, and then the Russians say that the Ukrainians are using military aggression against their own country. With all this in mind, the president of Russia said that he intended to sign a corresponding decree in the near future. The statement read, adding that the President of France and the Federal Chancellor of Germany expressed their disappointment with this development. But when you see what happened over the weekend, it kind of is not surprising. And I told you it really wouldn't be surprised either way here. If Putin can take Ukraine, he will. If, if he's going to risk a war with the West, he won't because he doesn't want a war with the West. Russia is in a very bad position militarily for that. Good position in a war against Ukraine, bad position in a war against NATO. Or even just the United States, they're in a terrible position. But if they're just fighting Ukraine, they're in a great position. That's, that's an opponent that they can deal with. 
at least theoretically. Of course, theoretically, the Russians could have dealt with Chechnya too, and that didn't work out so well for them. So it, it just depends on, on how this unfolds. But this is where I've told you before, the strength of the American administration or the weakness of the American administration is going to be key. And that's why the Trump administration was so key in their successes with North Korea, their successes with China, and yes, their successes with Russia, because they were strong. They were also successful against ISIS and Al-Qaeda. And I know that Democrats don't ever want to give the Trump administration credit for that, but their foreign policy was darn good. Darn good. Now, here's why this is probably happening today. Not really surprising that the areas that had Russian separatists were going to be recognized by Russia, but he had to get to a point. Putin had to get to a point where he could do it, knowing that there wasn't really going to be any reprisals. So that's what he's done. Joe Biden was asked by the president of Ukraine, Zelensky, to have a meeting to discuss the situation with Russia. Do you know what Trump, uh, not Trump, you know what Biden said? No. Biden said no, and Biden instead chose to have a meeting or seek a meeting with Putin. So Zelensky issued a statement and basically said, hey, look, we don't care if you send us 5,000 helmets, which is a dig at Germany, or if you send us real modern weapons to fight this conflict. Uh, this is not something that we're going to bow down to. This is something that the European and, and world community has to do if they want to prevent Russian aggression in Europe. Really is that simple. And, and the way that he phrased it is, if you allow the Russians to take our country, this won't be the last country that they take. And we're right back into the old uh, you know, chessboard that we were dealing with during the Cold War. Now, this is a very different Russia than the Soviet Union. But they still want they still want the territories that they controlled back. They still want that influence and that power back. It may not be a communist country anymore, although socialism still heavily influences their society. You know, it wasn't that long ago. I mean, for those of us who are even relatively young, it wasn't that long ago that those walls came down and that country collapsed. They still remember the Soviet Union being, you know, this great mystical power that everybody was afraid of and very influential and a lot bigger than it is now, a lot more influential than it is now. And they don't like the idea that suddenly they weren't a, you know, a global superpower. And they want that status back desperately for various reasons, economic primarily at the top of that list. So when Joe Biden basically said, I, I, I'm not interested in meeting with, with President Zelensky, but I will meet with Putin, that told Putin a lot. So here's the story from, yes, well, I guess it was today, early today. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki announced in a statement late Sunday that President Joe Biden accepted in principle a meeting with Russian leader Vladimir Putin a week after Biden completely ignored a personal invitation to meet with Ukrainian President Zelensky. So imagine being the president of a country where the ally that has promised to prevent a Russian invasion of your territory so long as you give up certain weapons. Imagine being the president of that country, being surrounded, and then reaching out to that ally who's already said that they're not going to send troops to, to help you and saying, will you at least meet with me and have a discussion and not getting any response, just getting ghosted. You imagine being in that position. And I realize that there's a lot of Americans who are like, hey, look, this is their deal. This is an ancient problem between Russia and Ukraine. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. 
but there's a leadership angle here that has to be has to be looked at. And I've already told you before, there was a way to prevent the Russians from doing this a long time ago. Nobody nobody listened to me. Nobody wanted to do it. Again, I'm not in a position to give that advice to anybody in, in the chain of command or in the White House. It was just something that I'm not clearly not going to be the only person who's thought of it. So you get an invite from the president of Ukraine. You completely completely ignore it. So you, you seek out a meeting with Putin. Over the weekend, a major Ukrainian oil pipeline was blown up. Was it a gas pipeline or oil pipeline? It's one of their major pipelines. It was blown up, and the Russian separatists took credit for blowing it up. So while Putin today is going, oh, the Ukrainian military is launching these offensives against these these uh, you know peaceful people, those same peaceful people are admitting to blowing up critical infrastructure in Ukraine. Major European pipeline was targeted in the eastern part of Ukraine on Friday evening, causing an explosion that pro-Russian groups took credit for on Telegram. Massive, massive explosion, by the way. It's a local gas pipeline, and it blew up in Luhansk. Okay, Now, Luhansk is one of the places that the Russians have just officially accepted independence for. So Vladimir Putin came out there and said Luhansk is, is now an independent uh, sovereign nation of its own. And just on Friday, they blew up a Ukrainian gas pipeline. This is, all of this is not made better by Kamala Harris's trip to Russia. Or, well, to Ukraine. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kamala Harris went to Ukraine and Kamala Harris made an absolute fool of herself so you've got Joe Biden ignoring President Zelensky in the Ukraine, seeking a meeting with, with Putin, already telling everybody we're not going to send any troops. None of our allies are going to send any troops to help the Ukrainians. It's not going to happen. We'll just do sanctions. Um, the Germans already saying, ah, we're not so sure we want to do sanctions. We, we kind of like Russian oil. And <laughs> then you've got Kamala Harris going to Ukraine and just dropping the ball. I don't know how else to say it. All of those things that happened over the weekend... And Putin's looking at this and going, I can't believe this is actually my adversary. So I'm just going to go ahead and recognize their independence. They'll be independent for a couple of years. They'll seek, uh, you know, some unification with, uh, with the Russian Federation. And they'll be reabsorbed into the Russian Federation. That's the goal. And we'll see what happens with the mainland of Ukraine. I'll talk about Kamala Harris's embarrassing trip to the Ukraine. I Here's the thing. I... There's like three of you that are still fans of Kamala Harris. I get it. You want her to be good. There's no way, no way you can justify what happened on this trip at all. There's no way you can look at Kamala Harris and say she is clearly ready to be in the position that she's in. Kamala Harris looks like somebody who should not be running strategy on the board game Risk. That's how bad she was. We'll talk about this coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do you want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw? R&B Car Company are your used car experts. So Kamala Harris was sent to do what she does best, to fix problems. <laughs> and if you fo followed Kamala Harris as VP, um, she has failed at everything that she is supposed to have done. 
everything that she's been the czar of or been put in charge of has completely failed. Every single thing, even down to redecorating the vice presidential office, because let's let's be honest, her tastes are terrible. So she goes to Ukraine. The mission statement is really easy. Hey, prevent World War Three, right? Kamala Harris, cool as a cucumber. She goes to uh, Ukraine and she just messes everything up. I, I don't know how else to say it. Uh, so we're going to look at notthebee.com because I feel like they organized this the best way of it, all of the articles that, that I saw earlier today. Kamala's trip was awkward. She wasn't on the same page as either the Ukrainian president or U.S. intelligence. Zelensky pushed hard for aggressive sanctions against Russia right now and then blasted NATO for its lukewarm response to the threat. Quote, we will defend our land with or without the support of partners. Whether they give us hundreds of modern weapons or 5,000 helmets, we appreciate any help, but everyone should understand that these are not charitable contributions. These are not noble gestures for which Ukraine should bow low. This is your contribution to the security of Europe and the world. So, once again, uh, Ukrainians, as we highlighted last week when I gave you the history of this, the Ukrainians are a little irritated that they were promised that they would be protected if they give up nuclear weapons. They gave up the nuclear weapons. They're not being protected. Then there was Kamala. Now, Kamala Harris, there's a lot of platitudes. Uh, she talked about unity a little bit and it completely contrasting what President Zelensky was saying. So this is how this went. New York Times' Roger Cohen and David Sanger wrote, Mr. Zelensky's remarks contrast with Vice President Kamala Harris' portrayal earlier in the day of a united and vigorous NATO alliance that had shown its resolve at a time when Europe's security was under, quote, direct threat. How has NATO done that? Even Josh looked at me just a second ago. He's like, what? How has NATO done that with, with the Ukrainian situation? How has NATO stood unified against Russia and, and for Ukraine? How has that happened? The Germans, for crying out loud, are out there going, yeah, I don't know about, you know, sanctions or military force or anything like that. Yeah, not really. No, not, not interested. They sent 5,000 helmets. Helmets. Ukrainians already have helmets. So anyway, <laughs> in talking with reporters for a mere 16 minutes, she then got tangled in her answers. Now, it's one thing if you get tangled up in your answers when you're talking to her for an hour or two, but when you're talking to her for just 16 minutes and you can't, you can't keep your word sallies straight, you start running into some real, real credibility issues here. So here we go. Um, NotTheBee.com actually writes, let us remind you that this is an article from leftist Politico and not some right-wing media outlet, okay? So I'm going to quote Politico here. Harris got tangled in her answers. The purpose of the sanctions has always been and continues to be a deterrence, she said. But let's also recognize the unique nature of the sanctions that we have outlined. These are some of the greatest sanctions, if not the strongest, that we've ever issued, as I articulated yesterday. It is directed at institutions, in particular financial institutions and individuals, and it will exact absolute harm for the Russian economy and their government. Okay, none of that made any sense. So a reporter asked her, but if Putin has already made up his mind, do you feel that this threat that has been looming is really going to deter him? So in other words, what the reporter is saying is, you're talking about these amazing sanctions that you have as a deterrence to Putin, but your administration has already admitted that Putin has already made up his mind to invade Ukraine. So clearly these sanctions, which you're saying are the best you've ever done, 
are not acting as a deterrent, so why are you sitting here in front of us and telling us that these sanctions are a deterrent? Pretty good question, right? Makes sense. So do you think that these looming sanctions are really going to deter Putin? Keep in mind, this reporter is saying this after the Biden administration has already said Putin's made up his mind. There is no deterring him. So do you think these sanctions will deter him, Mrs. Vice President? And she goes, absolutely. Huh? Which, again, contradicts American predictions that Putin has already planned to invade. As the president has said, Harris told reporters just minutes after saying the threat of sanctions will deter Putin. We believe that Putin's made his decision, period. So in one statement, she says these sanctions are the best ever and they will deter Putin. In the next statement, she says they they will absolutely deter him. But then in the next one right after that, Putin's made up his mind. Nothing's going to deter him. Yeah, wait, wait to prevent World War Three there, Kamala. Kamala's, nah, I'm not going to say it. We got more coming up. Newstalk 95.3. She's good at preventing some things, but. MNC News Time is 3.31. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Don't forget to uh, hit that subscribe button on Rumble. If you're watching on Rumble, go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit subscribe. Would appreciate that. Uh, you can also follow me on Telegram or Getter at Casey the host. Uh, you cannot follow me on Truth Social yet. Truth Social did launch today. And as you would expect, there's been some reports of some bugs. There's other people that have not had any major issues. Tons of people are signing up for it, but it is only available for Apple devices right now. The Android version of it should be coming within a few weeks, they said. So we're, we're waiting on the Android version for me to be able to sign up and join. For those of you with an Apple device, you can sign up for Truth Social. That's Trump Social Network right now. All you got to do is go into the Apple Store, download the app, and sign up, and you'll be good to go. Uh, as soon as I can sign up, I will let you all know about that, and, and we'll, we'll see if that ends up becoming the platform uh, going forward. But right now, I'm most active on Telegram and Instagram, uh, as well as Rumble, obviously, for all of my video content and my live stream. So people are just asking me if I did the second show today. I did. It is uploaded on Rumble. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the host. Hit that subscribe button, and you can watch the show from earlier today. Uh, this guy from Meta or Facebook is who was caught sending inappropriate messages to underage kids. Well, he's tied to the Clintons. Go figure. And a Clinton's, uh, former Clinton lackey, communications director in Missouri, actually tried to bury the story and prevent the media from even covering the story. So I talked about that a little bit today on the second show. All right, so what do we have here? Let's talk about Canada. There's... A lot of stuff happened in Canada with the truckers over the weekend, and I know that a lot of you are extremely upset about it, and I don't blame you for being upset about it. Um, the Ottawa police have been caught lying. I don't know how else to say it. They've been caught lying, and they hurt some people with their horses. I don't know how many of you watched any of these videos or anything like that, but um, the protesters, who, again, were totally peaceful, and nonviolent, the Ottawa police brought their horses in. They trampled a couple of people. One was a woman. She's um, she's survived. I don't know how seriously injured she is. I think she's okay. And the other one was somebody who was on a mobility scooter, like a rascal. And the horse knocked her over. 
and trampled it. And the Ottawa police, their statement on that was somebody threw a bicycle in front of the horse to attempt to injure the horse. But there isn't any actual footage that I've seen of anybody doing that. So I I don't... If there is, I haven't seen it. If you have footage of protesters throwing a bicycle in front of the police horses to try and hurt, hurt the horse, I... If I see it, I'll retract that statement. But at this point in time, everybody can't find it. And they're just assuming it was the lady on the rascal. So you knocked a disabled person over. And then you trampled another woman. Uh, there's several videos of them using the horses to slam into people and move through the crowd. And, of course, this is, again, peaceful protest. <clears throat> now, you could argue that they're still breaking the law. But, um, again, based on how things have been conducted with protests over the past couple of years in the United States and in Canada and other countries and how Justin Trudeau himself has reacted to those protests, this protest should be perfectly acceptable by all of their standards. Just thought I would point that out. So what I find really interesting about this is that the Ottawa police also went to social media. I don't know why you would do this, but they went to social media, okay? And they posted this. This is a real tweet from the Ottawa Police Department from their verified Twitter account. We know the events in Ottawa are upsetting. Still, we're asking people to stop calling critical emergency and operational phone lines to express displeasure about the police action to remove an unlawful, an unlawful assembly downtown. Oh. Probably not the wisest decision in the world. And part of this is going to be, frankly, an inexperienced police department who doesn't have to deal with, with civil unrest all that much, not really knowing how to handle this. That's the part of it. So they go on there and they go, please stop doing this thing. It's causing major problems. But what do you think the people are going to do after that? Exactly. They're going to keep doing it and they're going to ramp it up. Now, a bunch of people responded to them by pointing out that, look, you're the bad guys here. This is... This is on you. If, if you're upset, the people are upset with you. It's because of your behavior. It has nothing to do with the protest itself. Look, there's a drone. Here's the thing. When you have imagery that looks the way that it looks, it becomes very difficult for you to overcome that with a public relations battle unless you have some kind of footage that contradicts what is being shown. There is a drone that was flying above, okay? The still shot is the person on the rascal being knocked over by the horse and the other person next to them with a horse stepping on their torso. And it does it's never going to be a good look for anybody, but especially law enforcement if you are trampling somebody who hasn't actually tried to hurt you. I'm not saying that there aren't situations where that is warranted, but it's never going to benefit the police department to have something like that. The other aspect here is that there's several pieces of foot, uh, video out there of the police physically assaulting people who don't appear to be doing anything to the police. One of them, they actually dragged somebody in between two trucks so nobody could see it, and it was only captured by a drone. This person, at, I, from the image that I saw, the video that I saw, I never saw them reach for a gun. I never saw them reach for anything. I never saw them assault the officers. They're being dragged between the trucks, and the officer was kneeing the heck out of this person. So they didn't appear to do anything. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't. I just didn't see it. 
They didn't appear to do anything that would have warranted physical abuse. There are times, look, you reach for a police officer's gun or their taser or what have you, cop's going to deck you. It's how it's going to go down. And they're going to keep decking you until you stop. And it, I, as I told you before, resisting police never looks pleasant. It never does. But with some of these videos here, I am really struggling as a supporter of law enforcement to find any kind of a justification with the conduct of the Ottawa Police Department. Now, something else has happened. There is now officially an investigation into Ottawa police after they celebrated some of the injuries that they inflicted upon other people. We'll talk about that coming up on Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Once again, I'm your host, Casey Hendrickson. We are live streaming on my website, theburningtruth.us and rumble.com slash Casey, the host. Please go to Rumble. Whether you're watching on my website or on Rumble, please go to Rumble and hit that subscribe button. Also hit that Rumble button, please. That's, the Rumble buttons are like your likes and dislikes on YouTube, so they help the algorithm. The more people that smash the, uh, the plus button or the boxing glove, depending on if you're watching on desktop or the mobile app, the better. So we're talking about what happened in Canada over the weekend. Some disturbing events. I don't know how else to say it. Um, got multiple videos of the police using their horses to run people over, to ram into them, to trample them, including people on mobility scooters and that sort of thing. Uh, we've got multiple videos from different incidents of the Ottawa Police Department physically assaulting people that don't appear to be resisting or fighting the officers in any way. And that's just based on the angles that I have. If they have body cam footage that they want to release that contradicts that, that's great. I'm, I'm happy to correct myself. Just based on the footage that I saw, it just I, I've seen one on the ground where the person was not resisting and they just beat him till he was on the ground and continued beating him some more. I saw them drag one guy between two trucks where nobody can see, and they just need him. They were only spotted by the drone. They were kneeing him repeatedly, and I think they hit him in the head a couple of times. So there's been a couple of those cases. Now, here's the thing. Again, I don't have full context. Nobody else does either. They don't look good, okay? But even passive resistance against arrest is going to get ugly. Um, I'm not justifying the Ottawa Police Department in any way, shape, or form, but if I can't specifically see definitively with 100% certainty that they did not reach for something, then I don't want to just automatically convict the police. I, do, I, I will convict them on the horse situation because I watched the start of that. And the start of that was them running the horse full trot into people as if this were a battlefield or something and you were trying to break the lines of the enemy as opposed to just slowly walking in and maybe trying to get the crowd to move. I'm sure that the Ottawa Police Department would say, well, we don't do that because then we can get pulled off of our horse. And, you know, that argument will, will come up. And as some people have put up, you know, on the live stream, there was a very good point that was made. Hey, what would happen if law enforcement did this to BLM or Antifa? Now, remember, Antifa did try to murder police horses in New York, and at least one woman was arrested and charged with stabbing a police horse in the neck, but they stabbed several horses. But I want to remind everybody, it wasn't that long ago that we saw how the media and the people would react when there was a fake story about the Border Patrol on horseback whipping illegal immigrants. Remember that story? 
And it was a fake story. It didn't happen. They made it out to be that way. And then when it got uncovered as being a fake story, that they weren't whipping anybody from horseback, which is dehumanizing, right? Then it became, no, 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 that's not what was happening. He's holding the reins, and the horses are trying to maneuver people and get control of, of the crowd. And then what, what ended up being reported after that? MSNBC, CNN, all of the blue checkmark brigaders on Twitter, right? You're using a very intimidating, large, powerful, dangerous animal to scare people, and it's terrifying, and it's inhumane. So suddenly, law enforcement using a horse is seen as a good thing to the left when it was a bad thing before. And the difference is they didn't actually hurt anybody with the Border Patrol. But in Ottawa, they did hurt people. Seriously. You know, you've got an older woman who is trampled. You've got another person who is on a mobility scooter who is knocked over by a horse. Now, I've met a lot of people on mobility scooters that are not very pleasant people to be around, but I'm not sure any of them deserve to get knocked over by a horse. And now the Royal Canadian Mounted Police has published a statement yesterday confirming that it's looking into alleged screenshots of text messages that are circling around of Canadian police officers celebrating hurting the protesters in Ottawa. Not a good look at all. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. And again, rumble.com slash Casey, the host. I'm Rich Denison, Fox News. Russian President Vladimir Putin today making a move that makes an imminent Ukraine invasion appear more likely. Russian President Vladimir Putin says Russia is recognizing two regions in eastern Ukraine as independent republics. Putin made the announcement at the end of a nearly hour-long televised address in which he aired a long list of grievances. He called Ukraine a U.S. colony with a puppet regime and described Ukraine as ancient Russian lands. Putin's move paves the way for rebel leaders in the contested regions, known as the Donbass, to request Russian military assistance. Fox's Simon Owen in London. Former President Trump's social media app that he hopes will rival Twitter launched today as he seeks a new digital stage a year after he was banned from Twitter, Facebook and YouTube. His Truth Social app was offered for download from the Apple App Store to a limited number of subscribers who had pre-ordered, with others added to a waiting list to be given access over the next 10 days. Plastic bags containing a flyer that blames COVID on those in the Jewish faith were placed in driveways in Colleyville, Texas. Nathan Boone told Fox for Dallas Fort Worth as he picked them up in different driveways in his neighborhood. I think the right thing to do is just to pick them up and dispose of them properly. I'm not going to go through and read it. I'm just going to pick them up and throw them away. Colleyville police say they're investigating it as a hate crime and have notified the FBI. This is the same town where four people were taken hostage inside a synagogue last month. Similar flyers have appeared in neighborhoods in Miami, San Francisco, Beverly Hills, and Denver. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal. Federal and local authorities are investigating the death of a man who was shot by a U.S. Border Patrol agent late Saturday, a few miles north of the Mexico border near the Arizona town of Douglas. America's listening to Fox News. This view was worth a hike. Right? 
And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. The tensions in eastern Ukraine has some discussing a potential refugee crisis. U.S. officials have already... I want to mention one more thing about Canada, and the reason that I want to bring this up is because this, I, I told you to be aware of this, but also this is how it always goes. And it doesn't matter if it's in Canada, it doesn't matter if it's in the U.S., it doesn't matter if it's in Europe or Australia or anywhere else, that you're already noticing all of the things that people have said about Canada, Europe, and Australia all, all of these years, okay? Everything that was said about them, about how their democracy was very, very fragile because of the way that their freedoms had been limited. And of course, those countries and everybody else, no, 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 they're just as free as us. I was talking with uh, my buddy Samuel from Australia a couple of days ago, and well, last week, I guess, and I was telling him, I was like, dude, this is true. All of the people that I know that wanted to visit Australia don't want to go there anymore. And I was, I was like, you guys may not care about that, but for us, that's a big deal. The one thing that I have never had anybody say they did not want to do was go to Australia. Everybody that I've ever talked to my entire life would love to vacation in Australia. Nobody's stoked about going to the Outback, but they all want to go to Sydney and things like that. They, you know, Melbourne, they want to visit the big places and, you know, they, they, want to, they want to visit Australia. Australia has such a great reputation and a mystique here in the United States that people just would love to go there. Everybody I talk to now, uh-uh. They have completely reversed that that decision. They do not at all want to go to Australia. They are not interested in it. They don't feel safe there. And that's because of the government. That's not because Australia is a high crime place. It's not. But when you start looking at the way that the government is cracking down on people, we had some folks who uh, we knew were trying to get out of Australia and trying to get out of the UK during the pandemic, and they couldn't. They were trapped. Not because of the United States government policies, but because of those policies. So basically, those countries were holding them hostage. And of course, this doesn't work in the brains of a Western person from a free society that is told that all of these other free societies are our friends, and we're all basically the same. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't process in the brain that you're being told, no, you're not allowed to do this. You're not allowed to do that. You go, what are you talking about? I'm an American. Yeah, but you're not in America. Yeah, but I'm in, I'm in England. Yeah, but we're different. Or I'm in Australia. Yeah, but you're not allowed to be outside. You need to go home. Sunbathing is against the rules. True story. That I, we played that audio for you on this show where a guy was sunbathing alone on the beach and the police approached him and told him that he was not allowed to sunbathe. 
What does the sun do to COVID? Kills COVID. Wasn't allowed to sunbathe. Wasn't allowed to be outside. So in Canada, they had these emergency powers act that were enacted, right? First time ever they've ever been used. They were never used during terrorist attacks in Canada, of which there's been several. They were never used during civil unrest when it came to BLM or any other group. They were never used then. They were only used for truckers who had not committed a single act of violence. Isn't that interesting? And you watch the videos of the uh, the truckers and everything else, and I'm not denying that they are making life difficult for people. I'm not. But that was the point. Make life difficult for people without hurting anybody. And that was a great distinction between blocking highways with BLM and everything else. They were trying to hurt people. These guys are not doing that. And so you, you send in the police. You've now beaten a bunch of people. You've, you've trampled some people with your horses. You've made fun of the fact that you've done this, and that has been you know now captured, and now there's an official investigation by the Mounties on that. You have these emergency powers that go into place. You have one of Justin Trudeau's top officials saying, if you are a Trump supporter and you are giving money to the trucking convoy, I would be worried about your financial assets. Okay? Played that last week. That might have been on the second show. Maybe it wasn't on this one. But he's straight up said, if you're a Trump supporter donating to the convoy, I'd be worried about your money. What does that mean? Well, the Emergencies Act allows the government of Canada to take all of your financial assets away from you. They can seize them. And here you have one of Trudeau's government officials saying, if you're a Trump supporter, we're probably going to take your bank account from you. Kind of a scary thought, right? But what did we tell you? We said, pay attention to this. And it's weird how Americans have this instinct that this is going to happen, right? When you have the Emergencies Act go into place, and just what is Justin Trudeau? These are temporary and highly targeted. What does that mean to an American who knows what's going on? It's not temporary, and it's going to be narrowly targeted as political opponents. That's what it means. Now, to the average person who's unskilled in this, they just hear what Justin Trudeau said, and they take him at face value because, for some reason, they think a guy who dresses his entire body in blackface um, is somehow trustworthy. So what did we say when it when it happened? We told you, look for some of this stuff to be permanent. Here's what happened over the weekend. Canada's Deputy Prime Minister, Christia Freeland, ironic name, wants to make permanent the invasive financial surveillance system introduced as a part of the Emergencies Act to crush the civil liberties protests. Freeland had announced the initial powers earlier this week to freeze the bank accounts of those who support the protests. As of today, all crowdfunding platforms and the payment service providers they use must register with FinTrack and must report large and suspicious transactions to FinTrack, the Financial Transactions and Reports and Analysis Center of Canada. Now, I think this is the lady that used to be a reporter in the United States. This will help mitigate the risk that these platforms receive illicit funds, increase the quality and quantity of, illicit, of intelligence, received by FinTrack and make more information available to support investigations by law enforcement into these illegal blockades, okay? She then said, this is about following the money. This is about stopping the the financing of these illegal blockades. We are today serving notice. If your truck is being used in these illegal blockades, your corporate accounts will be frozen. They're also um, taking pets, by the way. The Ottawa police are snagging pets. 
So, under the Emergencies Act, banks are required to freeze accounts without the need for a court order. Without the need for a court order. Without the need for a court order. What did Bank of America do to January 6th people? They turned over the banking information to the FBI without a court order. Again, without a court order. Freeland explained the government is issuing an order with immediate effect under the Emergencies Act authorizing Canadian financial institutions to temporarily cease providing financial services where the institution suspects that an account is being used to further the illegal blockades and occupations. This order covers both personal and corporate accounts. Now, Freeland has announced that she plans to make some of the emergency measures permanent. The government also intends to introduce new legislation to make new authorities for FinTrack. We used all the tools that we had prior to the invocation of the Emergencies Act, and we determined we needed some additional tools. Yeah, those darn freedoms that, that, that were afforded to the Canadians made investigating Canadians a little bit more difficult for a tyrannical government. Some of those tools we will be putting forward, uh, we will be putting forward measures to put those tools permanently in place. The authorities of FinTrack, I believe, do need to be expanded to cover crowdsourcing platforms and payment platforms. And I, I already see it right now. Some people on the live stream go, we told you, we told you. Yep. People knew that this was coming. We talked about the Great Reset. What was a major, major factor of the Great Reset? Okay which the news media tried to tell you was a conspiracy theory until, of course, Davos had the audacity to just publicly admit that the Great Reset was real and published a bunch of documents on how governments can make the Great Reset come to fruition. So it doesn't matter how many blue checkmark brigade reporters go out there and tell you, no, 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 the Great Reset isn't real. It is, because the people responsible for the Great Reset are saying it's real. And what's one of the major, major factors in the Great Reset? completely altering the financial system to better regulate, monitor, and control how people send and receive currency. Including cryptocurrency. Everything that is happening right now in places like Canada, in places like Australia, in places like the UK, and in places like the United States particularly in blue states, every single speck of it was unsurprising and forewarned. And people who said it were so, nah, you're being crazy. You're being crazy. I remember when they were talking about the NSA wiretapping stuff, and obviously everybody knows how I covered that, and you know my, my unique background gave me the ability to help, I think, a lot of people understand that who wouldn't have otherwise. But we had coworkers here. And I had a conversation with a coworker one day who's not here anymore. She's not here. And she goes, I don't care what anybody that, that the government's reading my emails or watching what I'm looking at on the internet. I'm not doing anything wrong. Now, this was somebody going, I'm not doing anything wrong. So what's, what's the big deal if the government is spying on me? And I looked at her and I said, well, the Jews weren't doing anything wrong either. And she had never thought of that. She never thought of that. Keep in mind, the persecution of the Jews started before the laws changed in Germany. And then they subsequently started changing those laws to codify what was happening to the Jews. 
And I know some of you are going to be like, well, Nazi Germany is a little different. You know, here's the thing. Before Nazi Germany was Nazi Germany, and before World War II was World War II, a lot of stuff that happened in Germany from the Weimar Republic through looks an awful lot like what's been happening to Western societies here for a long time. And it is scary when you go back in history and you actually pay attention to it. And you look at some of the stuff that they've done. Because the playbook never changes, folks. Tyranny has the same playbook that it has always had. And it's based on human emotion. That was the real reason that they got rid of Gina Carano off of the Mandalorian. She reminded everybody of that. Long before they were killing the Jews, they turned neighbors against them. Exactly. That's historically correct. That's what happened. And they fired her for pointing that out. Called her anti-Semitic for pointing that out. And all she was trying to do is, hey, this didn't start with laws. This started with a public relations campaign to smear and dehumanize a group of people so that even their neighbors had disdain for them in their hearts. And when their neighbors hated the Jews for being Jews because of this propaganda campaign, that allowed the government to come in and easily pass laws that the people accepted. And you look at how they've done that in this country and other countries to demonize innocent people and pass new laws. And every time we love doing this in the United States, we love passing laws that are supposed to be about terrorism and safety and things like that. And then we, we you know, casually put a little thing in the law that allows us to use the law however we want. And then we start using, you know, the Patriot Act, not for counterterrorism operations, because the Patriot Act is almost never used for counterterrorism operations. It is used against the citizens for drugs and criminal activity, sometimes gang activity, but it's mostly used for drugs. You know, this is, you start to see this, all of a sudden, all these people, all these years that we're telling you, hey, you got to be careful of this. You're seeing it. You were warned. It's not just Canada, it's here too. All of these emergency powers that Gretchen Whitmer is abusing, that didn't materialize out of thin air. It's been there for a while. There's been a lot of people who are very concerned about it. The stuff that Holcomb is doing, people are concerned about that too. But every time something goes into place that is supposed to be temporary, the government never lets it go, ever. Once they seize power, they never want to give up that power. It never happens. So when Trudeau's like, yeah, we're going to have this giant state of emergency, and we're going to control all your finances, we're going to be able to do this, we're going to be able to do that, Ah, but it's going to be narrowly targeted. Well, it will be narrowly targeted at his political opponents. And one day, he will not be in power, and the opposition will be in power, and they will use it to target their opponents as well, and he will scream and cry about it, even though he's the guy that did it. Got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, we'll continue this discussion here in a second. Because I got a lot. Honestly, this is all in the same, it's really in the same exact category. But tomorrow, a lot of people calling. Really? How many calls did you have in that last commercial break about that? Yeah, like two or three calls, right? So a lot of people are calling and they're going, hey, we want to eat tacos with Casey. Of course you do, because eating tacos and hanging out with me are all amazing things. Don't you know who I am? I've been on Tucker Carlson, by the way. 
in case you haven't known. Um, so we're going to be at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill tomorrow, 12 until 2. I'm not doing a show, okay? I'm just hanging out, eating tacos, hanging out with all of you. That's all we're doing. You can come, get some great taco specials. This is the ultimate Taco Tuesday. This will never happen again in our lifetime. You ready for this? 2-22-2022 on a Tuesday from 12 to 2 for Taco Tuesday. It's never going to happen again. So, Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill tomorrow. They're going to be doing this all day tomorrow, but if you can make it from 12 to 2 to say hi, that'd be great. We're going to be out there for Ultimate Taco Tuesday, and we hope you'll join us tomorrow. Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill. People ask if we're going to be upstairs or downstairs. I, they always stick me upstairs, so I assume I'm going to be upstairs. Okay, That's my assumption. But uh, I would check there first, and if not, you'll just, I mean, listen for the guy who's yelling at people. You'll find me. <laughs> it's not that difficult. All right, so let's go back into what we were just talking about. Governments never give up their power, okay? They never give up their power. And all of this playbook, this, this tyrannical playbook, it is always the same, and it uses human emotion against humans. Allison Golist, the lady who just left CNN, she was the one that was having an affair with Jeff Zucker, Okay. We now know why she left CNN. She was fired by CNN because she allowed Andrew Cuomo, the former governor of New York, to select his own questions whenever he appeared on CNN. Now she used to work with him or for him. So now she's been canned. We now know the reason for it. It wasn't the affair. It was that when a governor came onto the show, whose brother happened to be an anchor of one of the shows on the network, whom she used to work for, she let him pick and choose what questions he was going to be asked. Hmm. Interesting. You know, a lot of you have asked me to have several people on the show over the years, and oftentimes those folks are willing to come on, but I'll tell you what, an awful lot of them, they want to know what the questions are ahead of time. Not the topics, the questions. And I generally don't give them the questions. I'll let them know what we want to talk about, maybe give them an angle that I'm looking at, but sometimes they don't come on unless they specifically want they want specific questions. Like, hey, what are you going to ask me so I can have a definitive response to that? Yeah, you're not going to come on then. It's not how this works. If you're not willing to sit down and have a conversation with somebody in the media and answer candidly, <laughs> there's no reason to have you on. But this isn't this isn't it. This is, you know, part of what tyranny is, is you control the media. You control the emotions of the population. You control the police. You turn the attitudes and the hearts and minds of the people against a certain group of people. Then you control the media to help steer that narrative, and that's what Allison Golis was doing. But then you also control health care, and that's where we get into what we're going to talk about next. MNC News Time is 4.32. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Want to thank R&B Car Company, locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. And um, go to rbcarcompany.com. Take a look at their inventory. You know what? Have a couple of vehicles picked out that you would be interested in tomorrow. Because after you leave Ultimate Taco Tuesday with us, there's a good chance that you're going to need to get a new vehicle because of how your interior smells. Okay? So rbcarcompany.com. All right. Let's, let's take a look at a couple of things here. Some of what we're dealing with when we're talking about 
the strategy of tyranny and and how it implements itself, how it takes over. And I know that I've gone over this a lot with the 45 communist goals and the rules for radicals from Saul Alinsky to kind of illustrate how you accomplish those goals. But tyranny has a playbook and it always is the same. It, it very little variation happens with how the playbook is used. One of the ways after, you know, talking about using the media, uh, changing the opinions of society against a particular group of people and you get into healthcare. You start either denying health care or you threaten the denial of health care unless you comply. And we've talked about this with Chicago. Chicago is no longer a part of the United States of America. We visited Chicago. That's where I did Tucker Carlson from. They were in New York. I was in Chicago. You can't go anywhere without a mask, and you can't go to any restaurant without being vaccinated. Can't do it. So they're denying you participation in society unless you do what they say to do, in spite of the fact that what they're telling you to do won't actually do anything. So let me, let me take you back in time. You remember that University of Virginia hospital that claimed that you had to have a COVID vaccine to get a kidney transplant? Remember that? Multiple stories about hospitals who are telling patients who are on the transplant list that you're going to get vaccinated or we're going to take you off the transplant list. And as I have highlighted and I played for everybody and I posted for everybody on the daily show prep. When you're getting these transplants, you're not supposed to be getting vaccinated. You're supposed to avoid vaccinations. And there are times where you should be vaccinated beforehand, but rarely right around the time of the surgery. And the reason for that is your immune system and things like that get kind of compromised and it becomes a a bit of a big deal, right? And you have to have, you have to have your health, in a very steady state for you to get these transplants and getting a vaccination can oftentimes, regardless of what it is, it could be a flu vaccination, can throw that all out of whack. So when you had hospitals saying you need to get a COVID vaccine before you get a transplant, that is in complete violation of all recommendations when it comes to getting transplants. And I highlighted that from you numerous times on this show from hospitals, from trans the transplant uh, units themselves, from various places that that produce vaccinations where they tell you not to do this vaccine before you're getting a transplant. So this University of Virginia hospital has now admitted that a COVID vaccine is not required for a kidney transplant, but they told patients that it was. University of Virginia hospital doctor told a patient that a COVID vaccine is a requirement to get a kidney transplant. UVA health system is keeping the man, uh, Shamgar Connors, inactive on the kidney transplant waiting list because he refuses to get the COVID injection. But documents obtained by National File, including a letter that the UVA health system sent to U.S. Congressman Rob Whitman, provide some hope for Mr. Connors. In the documents, the UVA hospital and another university official admitted that the COVID vaccine is not actually required to get a kidney transplant, according to the hospital's own policy. Thus, the doctor provided false information to the patient. So we had a story here. St. Joseph Regional Medical Center had a doctor pull the oxygen off of a patient and say, that's what it's going to be like when you suffocate if you don't get remdesivir. She didn't want remdesivir. So she left the hospital. But he pulled her oxygen to make it so she would understand what it was like to suffocate to death. Said, you're going to die if you leave here. She's fine. She went, 
She got treatment from Sherry O'Donnell, who's running for Congress in St. Joseph, Michigan. And she's doing just fine. Treatment that he refused to provide her. So, you get it? We're going to scare you into getting this. It's all about fear. Everything is fear-driven. So, let's go next. What did they tell you about blood clots? Blood clots were a conspiracy theory, right? Nobody's going to get blood clots. What are you talking about? Blood clots don't happen from the vaccines. Oh, no, it's a conspiracy theory. And then they admitted, all right, we're, we are seeing some blood clots. And then the CDC admitted, okay, we're seeing a lot more blood clots than we thought we were going to see. So, yeah, blood clots are a thing. And then they put a blood clot warning on the actual vaccines. Now, here's the newest information on this. Quote, everyone is at risk for blood clots. Who's issuing the warning? The CDC and Pfizer. Including the, and I quote, the healthiest athletes. What has been happening to athletes all over the world right after they get vaccinated? They've been dropping, in particular, in soccer. And so much so that the footballers in Europe are out there saying, we need an investigation because players are dropping dead at a rate that they have never seen before. CDC and Pfizer have recently issued a public warning about blood clots. Last February 10th, the CDC issued a warning normalizing the idea that young adults and healthy athletes develop blood clots. Now, of course, this has never been a thing before, only after the COVID vaccinations, okay? And I'm not saying that if you're at risk that you shouldn't get it. I'm just saying that those who are not at risk from COVID might want to take this information into account before they make a decision that could impact their life negatively for the rest of their life. We've had Olympic athletes now that cannot compete because they have a permanent blood clot issue. And they never had it before. All right, uh, let's see. So this is what the CDC tweeted out. Do you know that anyone can develop a blood clot, whether you're an athlete or a fan? Don't let a blood clot ruin the big game this weekend. Learn how to protect your health. What? Um, blood clots are not a normal health risk for all age demographics in the United States. They never have been. Why is the CDC out there now telling everybody, hey, did you know that it's totally normal for young, healthy athletes to get blood clots? And it always has been from the CDC. No, it hasn't. Why do you think that they're normalizing this behavior now? Anyone? Why do you think they're normalizing this? Do you think it could be that they're putting something in you that increases the risk of blood clots, and now suddenly they're just making it like, oh, yeah, this is a problem, and just we never talked about it before now? Huh. Isn't that interesting? Wonder why they're, they're not pointing out that this is a relatively new thing in the development of human health in this country only after the vaccines were introduced. Vaccines which have been shown over and over and over again in medical studies to cause blood clotting. Interesting stuff, right? I wonder why they're normalizing that message now. I, I, again, I'm being facetious. I understand that. But the CDC has done something else. It's not just the FDA that's withholding information from you. It's the CDC withholding information from you, too. We'll talk about that coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel.
And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. Don't forget, you can go watch the live stream on Rumble at Casey the Host or on my website, theburningtruth.us. The CDC seems to be normalizing blood clots. So I just, real quick before I answer some phone calls here, I just want to go ahead and go over to the NIH's website. Now, this is the National Institutes of Health. Venous thrombosis is a disease of aging with a low rate of about 1 per 10,000 annually before the fourth decade of life. So, 1 in 10,000 people will get blood clotting before the age of 40, rising rapidly after age 45, and approaching 5 to 6 per 1,000 annually by age 80. So this is the National Institutes for Health telling you, hey, blood clotting for young people under the age of 40 is extremely rare because it's a disease of aging. Yes, it can happen to younger people, and it does happen to younger people, but I want you to remember that. So this, re- and they go through several studies here, but this is a, this is a paper that was published in 2007 on the NIH website on HHS. I want you to just keep that in mind, okay? Because they're going to change this. They're going to make this all normal now. Leslie, welcome to the program. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm going to get right to the point. Okay. So I was listening to CBS News this morning, and they were profiling an older gentleman that has prostate cancer and how um, necessary it was for him to get covid the series of COVID shots, and I thought it was such a contradiction. And it goes to speak what, about what you were just talking about. Yeah. Of course, well, so we're told, you know, you're going through chemotherapy, your immune system is compromised. Right. So. And, yeah. and the COVID vaccines compromise your immune system. Correct. Right. So which is it? Well, this and this is part of the reason that I got so upset at the Ronald McDonald House when they were in that uh, Canadian province, when they were requiring that everybody there get a vaccine. Because when you're undergoing treatment for cancer, you're not supposed to be vaccinated. If you go to any oncology department, they will tell you that. They've been telling you that for years. And that's I read numerous websites from established oncology departments in the United States. Well, respect. They all say the same thing. Um, with very limited circumstances, you should avoid vaccinations while you're undergoing chemotherapy or other, other cancer treatment. So the idea that they're trying to say, oh, yeah, you should go do this. I mean, you know, I hope it works out. I truly do. But generally speaking, vaccinations while undergoing treatment for cancer has been a very bad idea. It's just all very subjective, you yeah. know. It's unfortunate. And Yeah, I'll leave you with that. Thank right. you. Leslie, I appreciate it. Thank you much. So what has the CDC been hiding from you? You already know the FDA was hiding information about Pfizer from you. We already know the FDA tried to hide information about Moderna from you. What has the CDC been hiding? There's a new report that shows the CDC has been hiding a lot of data from you. We'll talk about that next. 95.3 MNC. I'm Rich Denison, Fox News. Russian President Vladimir Putin today recognizing two breakaway regions of eastern Ukraine as independent states, 
The move heightens the crisis in Eastern Europe and concerns of an imminent invasion. This is a repetition of the speech he gave on July 12th, 2021, last summer, in which he basically outlined his plans to retake Ukraine. He said this situation in Donbass is critical. Ukraine is an integral part of Russia historically. Then he goes through a list of all the Russian leaders going back to Lenin and the mistakes they made in terms of making Ukraine a separate part of Russia. Fox's Jennifer Griffin, Putin urged Russian lawmakers to sign treaties with Ukraine's rebel regions, enabling Moscow's military to support them. The White House today announcing President Biden is expected to issue an executive order that would target those involved in recognizing Ukraine's breakaway regions as independent. Fencing around the U.S. Capitol is going back up. U.S. Capitol Police and other law enforcement agencies are preparing for a Canada-style truck protest in the coming days, potentially coinciding with President Biden's first State of the Union address next week. Reinstalling a temporary perimeter fence is part of those discussions and remains an option, Capitol Police say. The Fox News has learned fencing will return before the March 1st speech from the president. Fencing was put up around the entire Capitol complex in the aftermath of the riot last year, with physical barriers remaining for about six months. Fox's Jared Halpern in Washington. The U.S. Navy's Mideast-based Fifth Fleet is planning the launch of a new joint fleet of unmanned drones with allied nations. Officials say the 100 drones can operate on or below the surface, patrolling large areas of the region's waters as tensions simmer with Iran. America's listening to Fox News. This view was worth a hike. Right? And it's a good way to stay on top of my health. Yes, I'm Cologuard, a prescription colon cancer screening option for people 45 plus at average risk. Have you screened for colon cancer? Not yet. Don't wait. It's more treatable when caught in early stages. Tell me more. Cologuard is non-invasive and it's used at home. It detects altered DNA in your stool to find 92% of colon cancers. 92%? Yep, even those in early stages. This was seen in a clinical study with patients 50 and older. Any positive result should be followed by a diagnostic colonoscopy. False positive and negative results may occur. Cologuard is not a replacement for colonoscopy in high-risk patients. Do not use if you have had adenomas, have inflammatory bowel disease and certain hereditary syndromes, or a personal or family history of colon cancer. Most insured patients pay $0. Ask your provider or an online prescriber if Cologuard is right for you. Or visit Cologuard.com. I'm in. Two American defense contractors are facing sanctions from China. China says it's imposing a new set of sanctions on Lockheed Martin and Raytheon, targeting the companies for selling weapons to Taiwan. It's a response after the Biden administration approved a contract to improve Taiwan's missile defense systems. China claims the island as its own and says the latest sales undermine Chinese security interests. It's not clear what form the sanctions might take. In London, Simon Owen, Fox News. Rescuers expanded a search today inside a burning ferry anchored off the Greek island of Corfu where 10 people remain missing. The fire on the Italian-flagged Euroferia Olympia is burning for a fourth day, but rescuers have gained more expanded access inside the vessel after containing the blaze. More than 280 people were rescued.
One of the world's largest wealth managers is embroiled in a scandal after a data leak. One of Switzerland's largest banks has apparently been allowing thousands of powerful customers to stash billions in questionable funds. This according to a data leak which revealed decades worth of information on more than 30,000 Credit Swiss clients, including corrupt politicians from several countries, suspected war criminals, those involved in drug trafficking, money laundering, human trafficking and other serious crimes. The bank says it's unable to comment on specific clients, but strongly rejects the allegations, which it calls predominantly historical. The leaked data sent to a German newspaper anonymously. Lillian Wu, Fox News. After two years of downtime, New Orleans is getting ready to make a big splash again with Mardi Gras. The city's French Quarter is gearing up for a revival of its largest free festival and showcase of Louisiana music, food, and culture. The pandemic forced organizers of the event to cancel it in 2020 and again last year. I'm Rich Dennison and this is Fox News. Good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's news channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Do want to thank you for tuning in and joining us. Also want to thank R&B Car Company locations in South Bend and Warsaw. R&B Car Company are your used car experts. Find them online at rbcarcompany.com. All right. We've got to talk about this. I think that we're getting to a point where a lot of people are starting to realize that when they are told something by an authority figure, that they shouldn't automatically believe it. You should automatically be skeptical of anything that an official tells you. I'm not saying that you automatically assume they're lying. Just be skeptical of it. So if somebody comes up to you and says, hey, take this. It's totally safe. Maybe just go, I'm going to verify that first, and then do your research, okay? Maybe somebody comes up to you and says, hey, this is illegal. And you're like, I, I'm going to check into that beforehand. I'm not telling you to do this, like, in the middle of, like, I'm not telling you to resist arrest or anything like that because the police obviously have authorities that they are allowed to ask you certain questions and request your IDs and things like that. I'm not telling you to, you know, pull any of that nonsense on them. But as I've told people before, you know, there comes a time where you just, all right, I'll go along with it. And if you're wrong, I'm going to, I'm going to sue you later. But anybody who kind of comes to you, news media, radio hosts, newspapers, whatever it is, and they go, hey, this is this, just go, all right, I'm going to verify that. Because I don't want to just assume that you're telling me the truth all the time. I want to make sure that I'm informed and make sure that that person isn't making a mistake or that they're not lying to you or what have you. Okay. So, again, I'm going to ask you a very simple question about the FDA because it ties directly into the story that I'm going to talk about right now that's in the New York Times. Not some right-wing website or anything like that. It's in the New York Times, okay? When the FDA went to court to fight to withhold the information that Pfizer submitted to them, which they reviewed in order to grant Pfizer's initial emergency authorization, when the FDA wanted to hold that from you for over 70 years, what was your reaction to that? Because I know what my reaction was. My reaction is, why don't they want me to see the data? And I would assume that probably most people who actually read that story were probably going, yeah, why wouldn't they want me to see the data? 
What's the big deal? And I'm sure that there's a few lemmings out there that went, I don't need to see the data anyway, whatever. That's not the point on if you need to see it. The point is, why don't they want you to see it? And then when the data was released, at least in part, what did we find out? Over 1,200 people died from the vaccine in that 30-day trial. There was 50,000-plus serious negative side effect issues that were reported in a 30-day trial, guys. It's a lot. So there were some people who actually contacted me and said, when I read that, I changed my mind. Because once again, Casey, I thought you were crazy. And my issue has, and I know that Josh, my news guy who's neutral here, he will back me up on this. I've always said, if you are at risk, you have comorbidity, you should probably consider getting it. It's not my place to tell you not to get something. But you have to acknowledge that there are some risks associated with getting this vaccine. And with that, you need to evaluate your risk from that versus your risk from COVID. And if you don't have a risk from COVID because you're younger, you're healthy, then maybe the vaccine is too much of a risk for you. You've got to do a risk analysis on yourself. That's not something that I can do. And you can get any help that you deem necessary to help you with that, whether it be a trusted advisor, uh, you know, a doctor, your, your family, whatever it is. That is up to you. And a lot of people have been very mad at me for just not coming on the show and blatantly telling you, vaccine bad, don't get it. That's not my job. My job is to tell you what the data shows, what we actually have, and then you get to go make that decision. It's, um, it's a little policy that I call staying the heck out of your business, but giving you the tools to make an informed decision. So when the FDA made the decision to withhold that information for over 70 years, I had a natural reaction to that. Why don't they want me to see what the data shows? And then when a court forced them to release the data, we found out why. Because it turns out that the Pfizer vaccine hurt a lot of people in the trial. And if it hurt a lot of people in the trial, is it reasonable to assume it hurt a lot of people as it has been used throughout the world? These are reasonable questions that any sane person can ask themselves. So now let's dive into the New York Times. The New York Times this weekend published a story that the CDC has chosen not to publish huge huge amounts of COVID data, instead choosing to keep it secret. I'm sorry, I was told that I was a conspiracy theorist when I said that. I, I did a whole Tinfoil Tuesday pitch campaign to Reynolds Rep when I talked about how the CDC was withholding data from people. Huh. So here's the New York Times writing an article saying Casey was right. The CDC is withholding huge amounts of data because it fears the information would cause, and I quote, vaccine hesitancy among the American public. So what information could the CDC be withholding from people that would cause vaccine hesitancy? Think about the things that would cause vaccine hesitancy. Remember, that's their their reasoning for not telling you everything. Could it be that there's some real issues with the vaccine? Because if it's going to cause vaccine hesitancy, wouldn't it be something that would paint the vaccine in a negative light? And if it's going to paint the vaccine in a negative light and cause vaccine hesitancy, and they don't want you to know that, shouldn't you be extra concerned about why they are withholding information that would change your mind had you known? Kind of like what 30% of Biden supporters said that they would have changed their vote if they knew about Hunter Biden? Hmm. 
All right, here we go. The report notes that the withheld data include information on boosters, hospitalizations, wastewater analysis, as well as critical information on COVID infections and deaths broken down by age, race, and vaccination status. How many times have we given you some of that data? And those posts were removed from social media. The justification for holding the information back fears that the data would be misinterpreted and lead to vaccine hesitancy, according to the report. Hard to misinterpret data if you provide proper context. So in other words, it did not fit the narrative that everyone must get vaccinated and boosted no matter who they are and what their situation is. Right. So Nicole Sapphire, MD, on Twitter, the CDC's response when questioned about their withholding of COVID data and lack of transparency is essentially, we don't trust you to be able to understand the truth. The condescension is palpable and the wheels are finally coming off, she says. All right, so here's what we have. You ready? The report notes, Kristen Nordland. A spokeswoman for the CDC said the agency has been slow to release the different streams of data because basically at the end of the day, it's not yet ready for prime time. She said the agency's priority when gathering any data is to ensure that it is accurate and actionable. Ah. Another reason is fear that the information might be misinterpreted. The CDC has been routinely collecting information since the COVID vaccines were first rolled out last year. According to a federal official familiar with the effort, The agency has been reluctant to make those figures public, according to the official, because they might be misinterpreted as vaccines being ineffective. Might be interpreted as vaccines being ineffective. Um, Well, we know that they were largely ineffective against Delta. We know that they are almost completely ineffective against Omicron. We know that, with the exception of the smallest circumstances where people are seriously immunocompromised. Look how long it took the CDC to admit that people who died from COVID had at least four comorbidities. Look how long it took them to admit that. They wanted all of you who are healthy and younger to feel like you are as susceptible to COVID as your 90-year-old grandparents are. And you never were. That's the truth. We've been over this Over and over again. I just gave you the data on children in the United States last week. Of all of the children who died with COVID, again, none of them from COVID, with COVID, 0.001% of all kids who got COVID died with COVID. 0.001. And that is the CDC's own numbers. So, Nicole Sapphire, MD, the CDC's response to questions, condescending, yada, yada. Uh, CDC wants us to follow the science, or at least the limited science that they choose to release, as uh, Nicholas uh, D. Newbile, uh, he is also a medical doctor. Follow the science, only they won't show you the science, folks. How can you follow the science if they won't show it to you? How are you supposed to follow the science if they won't let you see the science? It's the same thing with the masking. They kept telling follow the science, but they can never produce a single speck of science that supported their masking position. They can never produce a single speck of science that supported lockdowns. 
Why is it that the people keep, who keep telling you to follow the science never actually give you the science? Why is that? Instead, what they want you to, to, to feel is that, like Fauci said, I am science. So when Fauci goes out there and he can't actually give you the science so you can follow the science, he says, no, 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 you don't need the science because I'm the science and what I say, you do. I won't prove that what I'm saying is correct, but I'm Fauci. I'm a sad little man. I'm Fauci. I am science. You attack me, you are attacking science. That's what he said. I didn't say it. He said it. So Dr. Fauci is going out there, refusing to give you the science, and then telling you that he's the science, and then public health officials are going out there and telling you to follow the science without giving you the science and telling you that they're the science. Meanwhile, people who do give you the science, like me, we're conspiracy theorists. We're conspiracy theorists who oddly get proven right a lot. Weird how that happens. So again, a sane person would look at this and a sane person would say, why is it that the FDA didn't want you to know about Pfizer's trial for 70 plus years? And why is it that the CDC doesn't want you to know the COVID data that they've been collecting throughout the pandemic? And they're cherry-picking what information they will and will not release. And how many times has the CDC admitted that somebody like me and what we were saying, where we posted actual science, were correct and that their original assessment was wrong? How many other things are they wrong about? More coming up. Newstalk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. So my uh, my shooting glasses don't have the X-Fog attached to them. And I put them on today, and they fogged up in half a second. <laughs> my, <laughs> my other glasses that I have in my shop have X-Fog attached to them, and they don't fog at all. So <laughs> it's a great device, a fantastic device. All right, so continuing our discussion here, the CDC is withholding information from you. And, of course, they're saying that they're withholding the information because you, plebes, you are too stupid to understand the information. You'll, mis- you'll misinterpret it. You know who used to make that argument? The Catholic Church about reading the Bible. You're not allowed to read the Bible because you're not trained and you'll misinterpret the Bible. And so the Catholic Church would, would read you the Bible and tell you what the Bible said. And oftentimes they... Priests and cardinals would lie to you about what the Bible said to get what they wanted. And you didn't know any better because you couldn't read the Bible. Is it the same? Maybe. I suppose. It's, it appears to be a religion both ways. Scotland is doing something. Scotland is having record high COVID cases right now. And its officials will no longer report weekly cases by vaccination status. Due to, see if this sounds familiar, everybody, due to fears of data misinterpretation. So the CDC is telling you that they're not going to release this information. They've been hiding this information from you because they don't want you to misinterpret what the data says. Scotland's got record high COVID cases right now, and they're going to stop publishing the weekly reports based on cases with vaccination status because they're afraid that you plebes are going to misinterpret that data. 
Hmm. Interesting. Pretty interesting stuff. I wonder, I wonder if any of you are going to fall for it. Now, I do have some good news here, okay? Good news, this will be the last thing I say about COVID. The latest report that has come out shows that nearly 75% of all Americans are immune to the Omicron variant of COVID-19. So three quarters of the country apparently are immune to COVID right now. Maybe that's why they're dropping everything. Maybe maybe it's been this case for a little while. Maybe it's just all about the midterms. I'm sure it's a mixture of all of it. Just something to spin around with while you're thinking about this tonight. Don't forget, we are going to be at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill tomorrow. So it is Ultimate Taco Tuesday tomorrow. I will be there from 12 until 2, and I hope that you will come out and join us. There will be special offerings and and prices and stuff like that. People are asking about that. Uh, But also, I'll just be there from 12 to 2, and hopefully you come by and eat some tacos with us and hang out. We'd love to meet you. we got more coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. MNC News Time is 531. Time to check out Impress Jewelry Creations, creating meaningful jewelry for the moments that will last a lifetime. And good afternoon. Thank you for tuning in. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. I am your host, Casey Hendrickson. Going to go a little local here, kind of round things out before we we bounce on out of here. Don't forget Ultimate Taco Tuesday. Tomorrow from 12 until 2 at Monterey Mexican Bar and Grill will be upstairs. Uh, Ultimate Taco Tuesday will go all day, but I will be there from 12 until 2. Um, distinctly less popular and less liked people will be there around that time, but I will be there from 12 to 2. So if you want to have a good time, you come between 12 and 2. If you want to have a less good time, you go any other time of the day. Democrat uh, St. Joseph County Health Board member has been removed after an illegal appointment. Ah, it finally happened. We were talking about this a while ago. RealNewsMichiana.com. RealNewsMichiana.com has learned that a member of the St. Joseph County Board of Health has been replaced. This comes after Real News Michiana investigation into member Emily Dean that led to the discovery that Mayor James Mueller appointed her to the position illegally. Remember that story? We talked with Clifton about that a while ago. Questions surrounding the political makeup of the St. Joseph County Board of Health revealed that many board members were not being appointed properly or legally but for a completely different reason, according to the source familiar with the shakeup. In 2017, the law on how board members are appointed in Indiana to local health boards was updated and clarified. Formerly, appointments to St. Joseph County's health board were divided among the county commissioners and the mayors of South Bend and Mishawaka. In 2017, change required that all appointments going forward would be made by the commissioners alone. In December of 2021, Real News Michiana called out that the Board of Health for having too many Democrats. Indiana statute says the board cannot have more than four members of one party serving on the same at the same time. Recent primary records showed five members voted most recently in the Democratic primaries, including President Heidi Bidinger Burnett, Vice President Dr. Jason Marker, Dr. Ilana Kirsch, Dr. Michelle Minglior, and Emily Dean. Members, Dr. James Schumacher and John Lynn, both voted most recently in Republican primaries. So Dean did not attend the health board meetings while lawyers studied the situation, according to um, sources for Real News Michiana. 
Upon further review, the health board determined that they consider party affiliation to be based on primary votes most near the time of a member's appointment to the board. Marker voted in a Republican primary prior to his appointment in 2018, so the board considers him a Republican appointee despite being an obvious Democrat. So there's a way to game this system just by changing how you vote in the primary. While Dean's party affiliation was no longer in question, her reappointment in January of 2021 to the board by the South Bend Mayor James Mueller became an issue. That appointment should have been made by the commissioners and was therefore invalid. Which, again, talked about this late last year, a few months ago. Last week, the commissioners voted unanimously to fill the open vacancy with Ellen Rylander, a lawyer and homeschool mother of three who resides in South Bend. Uh, Indiana state statute says at least two of the board's seven seats should be occupied by members of the general public. So there you go. Another story where Clifton French and Real News Michiana have exposed corruption locally in our community and have got it rectified. More coming up. News Talk 95.3, Michiana's News Channel. All right, so I promised I would talk about this today. I don't have a lot of time. So the Washington Post actually published this. The primarily white supporters of the Freedom Convoy argue that the pandemic mandate infringes upon their constitutional rights to freedom. The notion of freedom was historically and remain intertwined with whiteness. Mm. So the belief in one's entitlement to freedom is a key component of white supremacy, the Washington Post wrote. I mean, most of the country is white, so I suppose most of pretty much anything would be made up of white people. But yeah, the idea of freedom is a key component to white supremacy. So if you're not white and you ascribe to the idea of freedom, I got some bad news for you. The Washington Post also um, published that Clarence Thomas is the, quote, black justice whose rulings often resemble the thinking of white conservatives. So I think it's time that we just admit it. The Washington Post is a racist rag. They have been for some time now. Uh, you can't get over the headlines and the stuff that they're saying. You just, you can't. It's it's ridiculous to sit here and watch this continue to be published in the Washington Post and not call it for what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, don't forget to subscribe. Go to rumble.com slash Casey the Host. You can also follow on Telegram or Getter at Casey the Host. And of course, the Burning Truth, Die U.S. for the Daily Show Prep podcast and more. Here's Bill O'Reilly.